Am I making any sense? All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. We have another episode of Am I Making Sense? Today's guest is a very special friend of mine. You probably know him from his Tommy, the Tommy Feldman happy hour that he does every Friday at 5 p.m. You may have caught him at open mics throughout the Bay Area or at Rooster Tees. Tommy, it is great hey. having you, my friend. Ah, you found the sound effects button. Oh. It's been a while, my friend. We bump into each other in these virtual mics. I got to say, I love the connectivity that this Zoom um, movement is giving us in comedy, but it's yep. not the same thing, man. I miss seeing people in person. I miss yeah. having those conversations we have outside in a back room. So I just wanted to catch up, man. How has the last nine months been treating you? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And then thanks for having me on. Uh, I remember we had our, our first uh, get together in your garage there, the, uh, the old studio. And <laughs> yeah, that, those, I look back on that, you know, and like, that's, uh, I look back on it fondly, you know, even though it was a, you know, it was sort of a garage and it was, I think it was yeah. starting to get cold outside or I forget when that was, but um, yeah. That I don't was think it was too like, far from this time. I think it was yeah. probably a year ago. I want to say January or February. It was close. It was a month or two away from when the shit yeah. the fan, so to speak. It, it, it seems like ancient history, you know, that, that, oh, that totally get together with somebody in person. And, uh, but yeah, uh, so what's been going on with me is, um, uh, to be okay, perfectly honest, I have not done a single in-person show since the lockdown, the first one Either. in March, not one. And I, I don't think we should, I, I mean, some people should, but I think a guy like myself, I shouldn't yeah. because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not reaching for the brass ring. Yeah. This is, right now, this is an interest. This is a hobby. I shouldn't be putting people or myself or my family at yeah. risk to tell. Exactly. Me. Oops. Well, the same here. And I, I, you know, I, I, skew, I am, you know, as a as a New York Jew, uh, I do tend to skew hypochondriac. There <laughs> <So, laughs> we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Know, pretty much everyone in my family uh, is uh, is either you know thinks they're either is sick or got, thinks they're sick all the time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I don't really. I, I mean, when this first went down i was like all right i'm not going anywhere i'm just gonna hunker down yeah but yeah i haven't done any open mics uh, i'm sorry i haven't well open mics or shows or anything i have had offers uh to to do some live performances but um and i never thought i would do this but i've turned them down yeah i said no i'm i'm not going anywhere a couple three times but um so instead what i've been doing is i've been focusing on the zoom comedy and um pretty much Right from the get-go, I think within a few weeks of lockdown, I started the Tommy Feldman Happy Hour. Nice. And um, so I know a lot of comedians, uh, people have made some, you know, claims like, we're the very first show that started, you know, we're the, no, we're the first show that started. Yeah. I don't know who was first, Does it, it doesn't really matter. But I will say this, um, our show, I, show, I started it in the very beginning as soon as I could, because I, you know, I had the Zoom account and I figured, all right, well, why not, you know, create the forum i experimented with the open mic format yeah experiment you i think you came on pretty early yeah so i was a different format i was um it was a showcase format yeah and switched over to its talk show but it was still good it had a comfortable like all the comics we were 
we were just, we weren't talking necessarily, but we were, it was loose. Yeah, it was it, loose. It was good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's, what's the funny thing about zoom comedy is, you know, it is, it, it's a new thing yeah. and uh, it is evolving. It is not a substitute, by any means, but I do feel like it's evolving. And so what I've been trying to do is evolve with it. And um, I think we've been on this sort of new talk show format for the last uh, four months or five months or so, about half the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going pretty well. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, with the, with the, I don't know how you track your views or your listens and, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of data you gather, but at least on Facebook, Facebook does give you a view count. Okay. And, uh, you know, initially we were um, in the, you know, a couple of hundred views. We're, we're going up, it's ticking upward, you know? So like last night we had a, I had a show and I had, at one point I had about 20 live viewers. Yeah. I mean, that's as good as a regular show, and, yes. you know, any kind of showcase. And then, yeah. And sometimes we get up to five, 600 views total, 700 views. So it's um, something's going on with this. I, I, I think, you know, people are um, experimenting, but I can see that this has legs possibly for even after the pandemic. Um, no, I think it has, I 100% it has legs. I think it's a different art form evolving. So here's what, here's how I see things going. Um, I, I, so first off the podcast has just shot off like a rocket over the last, I'll say decades. Right? So the podcast is one of those things. I'm, I'm just saying in general, not my pod, but you know, podcasts in general, it's been the format that has kind of, I want to say relaunched stand-up comedy. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm out of line by saying that. I yeah. think that there wouldn't be as big of a stand-up comedy if it weren't for the fact that all the comics yeah. are talking every day, not every day, but right. multiple times a week, just out to a listening audience. Right. Now, what happened is, and what's interesting, I think your format is going to be really good because guess what? Mm. All the major shows, and when I say major, I mean network shows, the Tonight Shows, whatever. Yeah. They're basically Zoom format right now. Exactly, exactly. So it's, what uh, separates you from Conan O'Brien? You, no, you don't have a writing staff, but yeah. fuck it, who cares? Like, you can still have a talk show and have compelling conversation. Exactly. Get it out to all the people. There's nothing that, there is no more barriers. Yeah. And, I, and it's going to stay because I think what happened is all of us grinding mm-hmm. on the open mic scene <laughs> yeah. kind of just realized well, wait a minute. I, I like what, whatever these talk show hosts are doing. Yeah. Um, why don't we just do it? And right. man, I am entertained in so many of these rooms and also like your show, you know, the Tommy Feldman, I'll watch that after the fact sometimes. And then Joe cool. Gorman, I love what Joe Gorman is doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm genuinely entertained. Obviously there's a part of me that sometimes <laughs> wants to jump in and be the guy talking, yeah. but just watching it as an audience. Yeah. I, I think you're right, man. I think this is in a way, um, obviously it's not ideal and, and it's a sad time for so mm-hmm. many, but there's going to be some good things that come from this. I mean, you know, it's silver lining. And also, you know, if, you, if you're at all entrepreneurial, this is the time to do something yeah. like this. I'll also say, you know, and Matthew, maybe you could, you would uh, agree with this. It's I think, okay, well, as an older comic, I don't want to say I'm old, but you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm a dad. I got three kids. Yeah, yeah. We're both. Old. Yeah, we're older. I, I'm over 50 now. So it's uh, I won't say how much older, but um, <laughs> it's not like the doors are all open. For it's me. a little secret. We won't let it out. <laughs> it's not like, you know, it, 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 for me, I feel like this. I feel like 
you know, um, the, the doors are not all open for me in comedy. Like I can't just, just walk into the punchline in San yeah. Francisco. And I, even if I went through their arduous process of, of, you know, where you have to go every week and then you finally get up and then, you know, comedy, the gatekeepers of comedy are really not all that friendly to over 50 straight white males. Yeah, to be honest. Oh no, the odds are so far against um, us yeah. because of our point of view and because of, you know, I, I guess people have just heard enough. So yeah, the right. odds are stacked like so exactly. far. So, so, but, yeah. but what we, what, but what here's the, here's, but here's the opportunity is that, okay, you know what? Well, maybe I can't perform at the punchline or, you know, maybe I'm not going to be uh, headlining, you know, at any of these shows in the Bay area, but I think, the DIY movement yes. and currently, you know, especially with Zoom now and the pandemic gives me an opportunity to do my own thing. And I don't know, you know, maybe maybe the, it'll just stay at this level, but I'm I'm I have ambitions. You know, I, I feel like and, and I think you should, too, with your podcast. I mean, there's no reason why we can't, you know, put our re energy into this and make it a lot bigger. You know? Well, yeah, you said the DIY thing like I almost hold I almost hold the. um I guess just the laboring in obscurity as a, a virtue. Like I love it. Yeah. I love that. I'm an open mic comic. Yeah. You know, I, and, and you mentioned the punchline, like I'm going to, when things open back up, I, it's funny, man. The universe is a funny thing. The way things work out because, you know, at the front of this year from mm. January until whenever we shut down, I, I was actually feeling really ambitious because I had what I would call, maybe um, an act that I felt confident about. I, I probably had 10 jokes. Yeah, I had that four minute thing that for me personally, I felt like when I was walking into my open mics and when I would get time on stage mm -hmm. over at Rooster Tees, mm -hmm. I go, fuck man, I'm feeling good. And I had made a commitment. Normally I go three to five open mics per week, mm -hmm. but I was like, I'm going to bump this up. I'm going to have a conversation with the mm -hmm. wife and say, I'm kind of going to start going full bore. And that Sunday night at the punchline was going to be yeah. one of my nights where I go, I go, if I don't get up, I don't care. I want to support my friends and right. the community. And if I get up, I'm going to fucking do my hardest. And then, <laughs> and then it was like, boom, we get shut down. And I, I go, oh, well. And then I did a couple yeah. Zooms. I did yours. I did, um, I did Cynthia's. And then I go, but you know what? I'll take a break. Maybe the universe is telling me to take a break, but then one week turned into two weeks, turned into one month, two months. And then I just started doing the zoom stuff, but um, I'm getting, I'm going off track here. So you, what you were saying is do it yourself. Do it yourself. I, I, I love the attitude of do it yourself. And I love this ideology of, I know that there's a structure out there. And yeah. I know that the majority of standup comics are trying to go through this structure, but I'm just yeah. like, fuck it. I don't care about it's that the DIY era. And, you know, and in yeah. fact, and I, I, I'll share one piece of, inf this is sort of an inside view into my comedy process, mm -hmm. but so my day job is in, I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, I have my own business, so I'm constantly visioning what I want out of some, whatever it is. I have a whiteboard here to the left. You can't see it, but on that whiteboard up there is a whole box of comedy stuff of what I want to do in comedy. And I wrote the hugest, the biggest letters of anything in that section is DIY. Yeah. And I wrote DIY, build your own audience, get your, make your own stage time and, you know, produce your own shows because no one's going to give it to me. No. 
you know, not not where I am in my stage. I'm like, no one's going to say, hey, Tommy, I really like your stuff. Uh, would you headline my show? Would you uh, do my talk show? Would you I mean, would you would you uh, be a host of this? Do that. So and and I also think, too, as older comics, yourself included, we kind of the onus is on us. We don't want to take stage time away from from the younger guys, too. Nope. So I feel like we kind of have an obligation to provide, not take away stage time. That's one of the lessons that, you know, I read a lot of comedy books and, you know, and that's one of the gripes about the younger comedians is they kind of hate it when the the amateurs like us who aren't trying to go pro right right away. Yeah. Get take away from them. So I I think we, you know, if we create our own stage time and our own audiences on Zoom or whatever, you know, we're we're uh, on net, you know, we're contributing to the scene. And I think with the uh, with Zoom, you know, you've got you've got Facebook um, and you've got YouTube. I mean, why not create your own audience? Yeah, so. I, that's where we're at, man. And and I and I feel excited about it. I feel good about it. Um, what? Let me changing gears a little bit. Sure. I noticed since I've been watching you. So mm-hmm. I didn't watch you. Actually, I've probably only seen you do your act on stage once. Yeah. Your Zoom comedy is. It feels like you might have changed the way you approach it. Yeah. Have you done your comedy different with Zoom? Um, and actually, I was going to mention the same thing to you. I was going to say something about your Zoom yeah. comedy. I noticed you've changed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, maybe, it's, maybe it's the same for both of us. It, yeah. it, it is a little bit more intimate in the sense of, you know, that I'm talking about the proximity, you know, you to the computer, to the camera. Yeah. It's a little bit more intimate. And, yeah. of course, you've got that lag, too. So my approach is... I try to take it real slow and um, I try to act, I try to put on a little bit of a, like, I don't care if you laugh or not. I'm just going to do this because, and then since it's intimate, I don't feel as much of a risk on stage. There's a big risk, right? If something falls flat, you're going to feel it and you're going to start to sweat on zoom. There's not as much risk, you know, you can, and you know, invariably, Someone's gonna laugh. So one person's gonna get it, you know, even if it's a, a brand new joke. So, but I don't know. As far as my stuff goes, I haven't really been. I've actually created a, a kind of a wall between my in-person comedy and my Zoom comedy. I don't. So far, I really haven't been doing any of my old in-person jokes. Yeah. I've been all doing all new stuff. Yeah, I the, that four minutes I was talking about. Every once in a while, those jokes will s- slip into the Zoom when I just need to grab them really quick. Yeah, I would say within a week, I almost all that stuff I threw out because I had some physical stuff yeah. that came with what I was doing, and I'm like, how, yeah. how do I do this physical stuff? How yeah. do I get this through on a Zoom mic? And the answer was, you don't start yeah. over. Yeah, you so gotta start over. And another thing I do is that um, I have I have some jokes that I. I'm, I'm trying to develop. And so I'll do them repetitively, but yeah. a lot of times with zoom mics, I'll just have thoughts on any given day and I'll turn it into my podcast and my quote unquote standup has mm-hmm. really merged because a lot of times I'm just talking through things without necessarily um, knowing where the punch is or if there can even be a punch. I, so I would, I was going to give you the same feedback. Like I was watching you the other night on, um, was it, uh, Joe's cool mic. Okay. Oh, no, no, maybe it was Woodham's. Uh, one of those. And um, I noticed that you're, you know, I, I recognize some of the jokes, but not a lot of them. But I felt like you were kind of doing the same thing that I was doing, which yeah. is 
you just, you know, you're, you're taking your time. You seem more like comfortable. I felt like almost like we're talking right now. That's how I felt. I felt like you were just telling me, yeah. here's a premise. Let me throw this out. And you gave me a chance to laugh at it or, yeah. or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Was good. But um, yeah. And then I, th- I just feel like it's almost like, you know, you're having just a conversation with other funny people and it's a lot less risky. And, and so I yeah. felt like you were, pr- you look really comfortable uh, in, in, in the zoom environment is what I felt. That, I, I appreciate that. I, I really appreciate that um, observation because early on um, in my podcasting, um, Iman, you know, Iman, Dismal. Yes. Yeah. Me and him are really good buddies. Like we could talk for hours and we've had like some of my longest podcasts have been with Iman and we just have fun. And he's a really goofy, um, yeah. like, uh, what's the word? Irreverent guy. Like he'll, yeah. he'll make fun of everything and everybody. <laughs> yeah. But he had told me early on when he would, cause I would be, I did swinging door almost every week. Mm. And he told me, he goes, you need to merge whatever you're doing on your podcast onto the stage. Mm. Cause he said, you're, you know, his observation was pretty close to yours as he goes on stage, you're tight. Mm. And you, I could tell you're just like pro- programmatically going through your shit. Yeah. But he goes, when we're talking on your podcast, you're, we're just talking and it feels comfortable. Right. And my point, my kind of rebuttal him was, but I can't, I'm not talking to anyone when I'm on stage. And so I couldn't figure it out. And so I was still always doing an act and I still want to have an act. Like, don't get me wrong. I want an act, but with the zoom, I'm sorry. I I had something up there. Let me kill this. Um, with zoom, it's all comics almost all the time. I've only had your show. I think we had an audience and Cynthia's show. We had an audience but every other show I've been doing, it's a room full of comics. I can't yeah. impress them with my latest knock, knock joke because <laughs> yeah. they've heard it all and they're thinking of it. So if I went up there and just said, um, Hey, what's the deal with palm trees? You know, if I did that, they're just like, Oh, so I got to go up there and be like, yeah. Hey, what's up friends, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And we got it. So that's been my mentality. And I, I, I'm, I'm happy that you made that observation um, when you saw me. And that was my observation of you. I said, Oh, Tommy's just a relaxed guy having a conversation right now. I'm not necessarily getting right. an act, although I know right. you thought into what you were saying. Yeah. No. And actually uh, the jokes are all written scripted. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I've got them up on my screen and I'm, I'm trying as best I can to not forget, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, I'm actually kind of, I'm not reading them verbatim, but I, I'm definitely trying to, you know, look at the camera at the same time while kind of out of the corner of my eye, getting the joke. And, um, it, it's, you know, Zoom comedy, because you're doing it to mostly comedians, um, you, it's a two sort of the double-edged uh, sword in a sense. I mean, on the one hand, they're very comedians, so they're very, they're not going to laugh so easily. Yep. But the other, on the other hand, they're your peers. So yep. you, you can kind of chill out. And even if you, you know, mess up it, who cares? I mean, we're all in the same place. And, we, and what I like about Zoom also is a great equalizer, right? Because you'll have senior comics come on, you know, I mean, People don't, people who are new to it, they don't realize who the, you know, like in the Bay Area, right? We know Pete Munoz has been around for a long time. He's very experienced. Yeah. And when he's on the, you know, so he's operating his show. I mean, he's a very respected, yeah. experienced comedian who could headline. Yeah. Uh, but then when we get on, <laughs> when we get on the Zoom, we're all equal at that point. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long you've been in. And he treats everybody, the same. but it's not just that we treat each other with the same level of respect. So that's kind of, different 
Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I, I feel like it's a very egalitarian comedy environment, but what do you think? Yeah, I've been, look, man, I, I have to eat crow on this one. Cause I was, I wasn't shit talking zoom. I knew it was necessary early on, but I was kind of like, ah, oh, I, I <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't really want to do zoom. And I was really focusing on time with my family. And I just go, you know what? I, maybe this is the universe telling me not to do comedy for a little bit and then come back to it when I come back to it. But now that I've been doing it, I've, I've 100% flipped and said, yeah, this is so healthy for comedy right now. Yeah. And I'll tell you one of the big things on top of what you just said with it being egalitarian and us being able to kind of share the stage right. will with comics of all different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shrunk the comedy world like that. Yeah. We're performing with people from Asia, from Europe, from East coast, from Chicago, yes. from the South. We're performing with everyone now. And, um, for some reason, I don't know why this is. There's, there's probably literally, I'm not exaggerating. I've, I've met probably hundreds of people in the mm-hmm. last six months. Yeah. Um, just, and when I say met, I mean, I've watched them perform and I didn't know them. Um, and I'm feeling so close to comedians now. Yeah. Right. Like, and when I say comedian, I don't mean just like the comedians in my community here in San Jose or mm-hmm. South Bay. Cause before even the Bay area, I would tell you, well, the Bay Area, we had three distinct markets. We had East Bay, what you're doing right. there. We have Perfect. South Bay, what I'm doing, what yeah. Munoz and Atu are doing over here. And then we have San Francisco. And San Francisco was kind of, you know, they are the reigning king as far as, like you said, club time and the the industry. Right. Right. And then the East Bay, I would say, is second in the sense that there's industry there and there's seasoned vets. And then the South Bay, we're just these kind of, goofballs down here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have improv and rooster tea, but outside of that, there's just mm-hmm. no industry. So we're all just DIY. But um, what was I going to say? But now I just feel like, man, I, I don't care if you're from New yeah. York. I don't care if you're from North Carolina, whatever. It's, yeah, We're having a good time. It's an open environment. And actually that's one of the things I really like about it too, is that I always felt, especially like when I would go into San Francisco, I always felt I, I wouldn't say unwelcome, but, you know, like I was talking about before the hurdles of being the straight white, you know, yeah. older guy, I always felt a little bit out of place sometimes, but um, especially in San Francisco, but I feel like on Zoom, there's no such thing. I mean, and it really doesn't matter. You could be from the, you know, uh, South Dakota. There, there was yeah. a gal the other day on from South Dakota, which I don't even think ha- she was saying like the nearest comedy is like a couple hours away. Oh, good for her. But, at that point, it doesn't really matter. And it's, and which I think is one reason why you don't see, I, I think the one reason why we don't see a lot of old school San Francisco comedians and some of the, you know, the, some of the stars of the Bay area, we don't see them a lot is because I don't think that, I think that they know the, you know, they have their um, in-person world secured, their places secure there. Yeah. I think maybe some of them are reluctant to come onto a Zoom where then, you know, it's back to square one for a lot of them. So, but for us, it's great. I mean, as you know, the fairly, you know, we're, we're a couple of years in both of us Yeah. But, uh, on Zoom, doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I do think that there's a holdout out there of the, and, and again, we got to revisit the point that this is not a substitute. This is, so here's what I think Zoom has done. And when, um, so for instance, I'll, I'll put him on blast. He won't mind if I say that. Iman, he's yep. not going to do Zoom. 
is just, I've had conversations with yeah. them. It's like, I'm not doing it. It's not, it's not the comedy that I want to do. And I respect that. And I, and I, and I don't, I don't necessarily debate that because it is different, but here's the thing. And this is what I've been telling everyone. I've, I've said it on the podcast before, but I'll, I'll repeat myself. Um, you know, if you want to stay fit, mm-hmm. ideally, and let's say you say one of those things to stay fit is I want to go jog on a regular basis. Like, ideally, I want to be jogging in the trails. I want to see deers. I want to see the squirrels and run around. But guess what? If it's rainy and cold outside and the trails aren't safe, you got to get on a treadmill. Is the yeah. treadmill as fun and the That's same? Good. Yeah, it's a good analogy. No, it. it's, it's not. But are you still working out? Yes. And so what I tell everyone is I go, as far as Zoom is concerned, Tommy, I, I swear to you, man, I went probably two months and didn't write a joke. <laughs> yeah. When I wasn't doing Zoom, and then I said, this is, this is bad. I need to be putting thoughts together. And then since I started do, doing comedy on Zoom, every day I'm yeah. right. I'm not writing the best jokes, but I'm, I'm every day I'm saying, hey, what about this? Well, and I'm trying to write. And if, if, I, if it weren't for Zoom, I wouldn't be writing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and what I, what I, it's funny because just before the pandemic, just before the lockdown, I had started. So I've kind of been delving. I don't, you, you've seen the talk show. You know, I do a news segment in the beginning. It's all yeah. satire of, of of news from the week. And I had been kind of throwing that into my standup act a little bit each week. I would do, you know, because the problem when you go to open mics is, especially if it's the same people, is you have to have fresh content yep. to some extent. Yes. I mean, some people, some people are super old school and they'll do the same exact yeah. act every single time, every five minutes, exactly the same. Yeah. doesn't matter where they go. Great. Okay. That's, you know, that's, that's good. But the problem is, especially in the Bay Area, it's a lot of times it's the same people. So you do need to do have some fresh content. So I started to do news stories and, uh, I was really liking it a lot. And then, um, with the, um, then with the, my, my show, I had, a, I found an outlet for it, you know? So yeah. It took what I was already doing and then I plugged it in, but it works much better on Zoom. You know, the whole weekend update style of news, you know, yeah. stand up. So my point is that um, sometimes it even helps your writing because then you find outlets for stuff that you might have had trouble with on stage. Now you can try it out on Zoom. And yeah. uh, the fre- so I've got like a process of, of ex- now for the new for news stories, for for looking at news and some. So that's that's. What's your method for writing uh, current event jokes? So I'm going to share with you my insider tip. Dude, here. here we go, guys. Listen up. Go. So this is there's a platform called Comedy Wire. Okay. Comedy Wire, like uh, com- the word comedy and the word wire, like the wire. Yeah. And uh, once you register for that platform, it's a it's a con- a joke writing contest website. You could participate in the challenges, which if you win, you get twenty five dollars per winning joke. Um, but then they also have just regular news that you can comment on. And so, and that doesn't get any, uh, prize money, but you can still win the featured line for the day. So, you know, you get, you can kind of build up credits that way. I've gotten a couple of badges on there, you know, for like the best pun of the day or something, you know, something like that. But the point is I log on there every day and I write probably around five jokes every day, five jokes a day. Sometimes I'll do a challenge. And so it forces me. It's a, it's a habit. It doesn't take me that long, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes. So that gives me, that makes me think. And then that's five, five jokes a day. 
15 minutes, not that much time. I, at the end of the week, I have 20, 30 jokes to, to choose from, for my show. And then sometimes if it's really good, it makes it onto my Facebook, to my Instagram, and then even nice. to my standup. Okay. So it's a very disciplined approach. It's a very disciplined approach. You got it. Just like Jerry Seinfeld said, you got to, you know, you got to force yourself. I force myself every day through, but it it's comedy wire. So you get a little treat, which yeah. is that you get to read other people's jokes too. So yeah. it's not so, um, and you get inspired. Yeah. But if I, you, if you like, if you have a process every morning when you go to work, um, I know you work for a corporation. Yeah. Um, you know, you could just incorporate that into your process. That's what I do. Yeah. I think, does Ed Rubin do that too? Cause he, he, he was, does. yeah, yeah he, he was telling me about are. something where he every morning at 7 AM, which I wouldn't be able to make that, but. Oh no, that's different. That's uh Joel Byers, um, right. 10 or right. 10 challenge or that's a different challenge, but that's the same idea, right? Yeah. A joke a day. Yeah. I'll check it out. Cause I, I tend to, I don't have a problem just writing in my journal. I, I, I'm always, there's just stuff kicking the hamsters running around in the head. Yeah, yeah. But I think having, I think it would could be a good exercise because I'm always pulling from my point of view and my op opinions and, and also my, I guess, um, bizarre outlook on certain things in life, mm -hmm. but to have someone hand you something and say, Hey, work with this. I think it's a good exercise, which actually leads into my other question mm -hmm. for you. How would you accept or would you do a job as a writer and not being on stage? So if someone said to you, hey, Tommy, we have this opportunity for you. You're going to be working um, with five different writers and mm -hmm. like, you're going to be writing for five hours a day with mm -hmm. them on comedy ideas. Yeah. Is that something you would do? I, you know, I'm flexible at this point. I mean, because like I said, let's just, just th look, the reality is that even if I wasn't, you know, this, this age and this, you know, even if I wasn't this, yeah. uh, you know, let's say if, if, I, if I was younger, let's say I was in my twenties and, you know, uh, maybe, you know, some other different qualities and, you know, I'd still, you know, the odds of making it, you know, going pro, right. Just like the NFL or, or, or basketball or anything like that. I mean, are so small, right. So you, you have to be realistic about things. And so, for for me, I'm I'm open, you know, to things. I mean, yeah, I would work in a writer's room. I've talked about that with my with my wife. You know, if if I ever had an opportunity to work in a writer's room for a, like a year, let's say, you know, I yeah. might do that. I've heard that, you know, because that's that's a good art form, or even writing for a show. So yeah, I'm, I've I would try it. Um, I do love stand up, though. I don't think I would ever give it up. Yeah, but I I'm not like a strict comedic comedy. You know, like it's stand up and stand up only and nothing else is considered comedy. Yeah. I, if I was younger, I would have said that, you know, yeah. I would say, okay, yeah. If you're in your twenties, just go for it. Just, you know, seven days a week until you make it. Yeah. yeah. But in this stage in life, I think I have to be, I, I have to be more flexible. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Did you ever want uh, your kids to go into stand up comedy? <laughs> hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've encouraged all three of them to, to, you know, do, to, to be funny. And, um, I, I told them like my older two kids, your kids are a little bit younger, but I, my two oldest are in high school now. Yeah. One is on the debate team and the other one is in, is in on the speech part of speech. Hey, and hey, 
those are hard. Those are hard disciplines to take on. They are. But uh, whenever they write stuff, I tell them, you know, you got to write jokes in it. You got to put comedy in there. People right. don't want to just hear your, you know, hear your reasons why someone should uh, prevent climate change or whatever it is. Everything should have a little bit of humor in it. Yeah. So I've kind of always been encouraging them to do joke writing. Now, yeah. stand up. I mean, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like, OK, you know, don't go to college instead. pursue yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be that reckless, you know, <laughs> but certainly like, you know, yeah, I would I would encourage them to do it. If you know, why not? So funny because. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> I'm I'm I have the same sensibilities. I think we're probably I mean, we have different, very different ba backgrounds, but there are sensibilities about us where. I go, um, you know, if anyone were to ever ask my advice, mm -hmm. I, I would always say, have something conservative in your life. Yeah. <laughs> learn right. science and technology, learn business, learn, you know, some of these skills, because to your point about, it doesn't matter who you are. And actually it doesn't even matter how talented you are. Um, everyone who entertains in the history of mankind, mm -hmm. The people who are remembered for being entertainers is point yeah. zero 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 one. <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone who's ever picked up a guitar, yeah. picked up a microphone, or started writing a novel, of all the people who've ever done it, yeah, the people who ended up getting paid and recognized for doing that, very small. Yeah. It's it's so small that I I always want to just tell people out there like, be creative, be a performer, do this and that, but please, please. Yeah. Have right. some math skills <laughs> Yeah, or, or yeah. something that's very um, conservative, you know? And so I, the yeah. reason, the reason I asked, I asked you that obviously is I just want your opinion as a dad. And I think you have the same thing, which is like, I would never tell my kids not to do something, yeah. but I would also be like, there's a lot of good conservative um, kind of opportunities out there in the marketplace that keep an eye on those also. <laughs> Yeah, you got to pay the bills. I mean, like my my uh, my daughter, she's the she's the she's thir uh, fourteen now. Sorry, in the freshman in high school, and uh, she's now her new phase. She's going through a feminism phase right now. Okay, and um, she calls herself uh, you know she she's like I'm a social justice warrior. You know, oh, she, for her, she calls herself. She thinks she's a social justice warrior. Yeah, and my comeback to that is, oh well, that's great, but you know, that doesn't pay the bills. You know? <laughs> No one's going to pay you to protest in the streets. No one's going to pay you to, no. to uh, espouse, your, espouse your opinions on, on feminism. So you got to have a day job first yeah. and then you can protest all you want, or you can, you can do comedy or whatever you want to do, but your passions, you have to have your passions, but you got to pay that. Or bring your ideals into the the existing structure and change the structure. Yeah. With, with your I idealism and um, awareness of injustices in the world. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's funny. Are your kids supportive of your comedy? You know, it's funny. We talked about this a year ago on our yeah. last podcast and, uh, f unfortunately not much has changed in the, yeah. in the, in the beginning, they, they thought it was great. Go dad, you know, go to Tommy T's and, you know, yeah. win the, uh, whatever it is, the channel competition, yeah. the monthly, whatever it is. But um, very quickly, they stopped asking about that. And now when I tell them, um, my jokes, they say, oh. Uh, leave us alone with the <laughs> stop making us into your guinea pigs yeah i will say this though the one thing that they 
the one with the Zoom comedy, the one thing that they do like is the show. And they do they don't watch the whole show, but they're very happy to watch the um the the news segment I do in the beginning. Oh, nice. And they um because they like to watch Jimmy Fallon and um Saturday Night Live. And so they, you know, because like you just referred to earlier, it's all on, they're all doing it from their home anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's like they don't see, they see my work as kind of on par in, well, it is nice, but you know, they no, see their is. work as my being on par with some of these um, late night hosts, which are doing them out of their living room, you know? So I, I watched, um, and this is just me be, I'm going to switch to a critic for just a moment here. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pull out my comedy snob card. Um, in the last 10 years, the only late night host who has been bearable to me is Conan. <laughs> O'Brien. Yeah. Um, and it could just be like, maybe my humor changed or whatever, but, but what I'm getting at is I watched some of these monologues that these guys are doing during yeah. the pandemic. And I just remember thinking, you know, anyone could do this. Yeah. There's not, there's apps without that light to say applause. Yeah. There is no energy with what these guys. So then it came, it comes down to, um, what it comes down to is their writers. And I don't think their writers are any better than, you know, a lot of the guys on the open mic scene yeah. here. And so that's when the light bulb was really clicking. Like, wow, we're really leveled. And Conan, he's, he left yeah. his, um, he left TBS. I think he, in 2021, he's leaving mm -hmm. and he's going to HBO. I don't know how they're going to play that out, but he was one of the guys where I, I was watching him initially in the pandemic. And I was like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I so felt bad for him. I felt bad for him because it just, right. I was just like, he's basically at open mic level right now. <laughs> so, so what's happening is like, so, you know, we're going through like this in media, we're going through this yeah. huge sort of generational shift, right? The, the mm -hmm. networks are becoming less and less important. NBC, yeah. CBS, ABC, whatnot. Um, the streaming shows are obviously coming up, you know, Netflix and Hulu and all these guys are coming up. Yeah, and then sandwiched sort of in the middle is you've got the YouTubers, the TikTokers, yes. the Instagrammers, and so yeah. forth. And from my daughter, our kids' generation, yeah, I don't think that they discriminate. You know oh. what I mean? Like my daughter, okay, my youngest, he watches YouTube. He's he loves to watch YouTube. He'll watch anything on YouTube. Same with my kids. high schoolers, it's all TikTok and Instagram. Oh, interesting. Watch network television. Yeah, no, they don't even like. I mean, they don't even period. So. We got to get to where it's, you know, like Wayne Gretzky with the hockey puck analogy. Like we got to get to where the audience is going to be. And they're not going to be on regular television. Oh. They're not going to be on, on cable. They're going to be on TikTok. If TikTok gets booted out, which, which or, you know, for some reason becomes unpopular, you got to think ahead to the next platform, which yeah. I don't know what that would be. But I don't know what it would be, but I think what we're witnessing is this is the death of the monolith entertainment industry. There is no monolith. And so there's going to be just pockets of entertainment and, you know, maybe actually, hold on. Let me go back to that previous statement I said about if you look at history, only 0.0001% of good entertainers actually were recognized and yeah. compensated for being a good entertainer. Maybe that percentage will go up. It, it might. Because now all you need is a loyal... Let's say ten thousand. Right. So, so Matthew. So, like, what's the okay? So, like, for example, like, what is the difference between 
having a uh let's say a network show where you have i don't know whatever it is what their audience is but a hundred thousand viewers per show and saying and say having a combined follower base including instagram youtube facebook whatever of a hundred thousand people not there's no difference i mean you you basically what i'm saying is on your own level like for example with your podcast and you get the number of you get your subscriber numbers right you know how many people are listening i don't i don't the rs the stats that i have and i want to talk about this too about uh, numbers and stuff but i i don't have my metrics or i i go through square um square space wait square square space Squarespace. Yeah. I host through there. I, ha- I actually have a website. I used to think I was going to get into um, blogging also, but I never got, got <laughs> right. so I just do podcast um, from there, but their metrics are poo. I, I don't know what's going on with my listeners. I know it's going up and I know something happened because I'm consistent with this and I'm labeled as comedy. Mm-hmm. I know I broke onto a list mm-hmm. um, in, in one of those, uh, host providers because, and I think it's only because I've been consistent for over a year. Um, that, that's but anyway, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I don't really know the metrics to answer. Well, my point is that, you know, if you consistent, if you, if, if you provide a consistent product yeah. on a, to the market and you track your numbers and you just treat it like a business and you keep doing, and your important thing is consistency. Yeah. Um, I think you will, organically over time acquire customers, followers, you know, whatever, for whatever term you want. I'm saying customers because I think of it that way, but um, you know, and eventually you will get to, well, first you'll get to, you know, a thousand, let's say total followers, then you'll get into the thousands and 10,000 and so forth. Um, I mean, and sometimes if you're lucky, you'll get a viral thing and you'll get like uh, Joe Begley with his uh, TikTok, right? He's got probably across all, platforms he's got uh probably a hundred i don't know a hundred thousand maybe or something i'm not sure exactly where he's at but but it can be done and now guess what joe begley is no longer he he's not beholden really to to media he can do his own thing and his right. get his own audience and if he can do it we can all do it i think yeah so uh, that leads into my next question for you sure how important are numbers to you mm. at this stage in the game? Um, it's only simply to the extent that they are a goal, a goal. Got it. So it allows you to, from that, extrapolate your um, what you've got to do. So right now, like I mentioned before, for my show, for example, I'm currently at a, you know between four to six hundred views per show. Right. I, right now I have on my board up there, get to a thousand views. Okay. And I've got, and I, but I've, and I've got, I'm doing, you know, beta testing or what do you call it? AB testing. Every single show I'm trying something new to see if I can, you know, play with the views. I'm working on the content stuff like that. So it's just helpful to get you to figure out what you want to get to the next level. Got it. Um, but, um, but yeah, numbers are important. I mean, you don't want to, you, you want to have an audience and that's, I mean, that's the whole point, right? A, com- a comedy works when you have an audience only yeah yeah yeah. so you don't want to be the guy standing in the alleyway hey come over here i got some jokes for you. um because you know what i've done i've uh but i have a question for you before before you move yeah. off that topic yeah so but let me ask you so for example 
you've got a joke, right? Um, would you rather tell that joke to 20 people um, in a room, let's say uh, a few times a week, you know, maybe eventually, you know, let's say getting to, I don't know, you know, like a hundred sort of listens per week in real time, or would you rather tell that joke once perfect, you know, online. And then, you know, you, you, in perpetuity, people hearing that joke forever and eventually people hearing a thousand times, you know, you see what I mean? Like, it's a good question. Yeah. So what you're saying is, do I want the, do I want to be the guy, the performer who has a couple songs and I just got to grind it out and go to small audience after small audience with these few songs. And then, um, but then when I die, no one remembers those songs. Is yeah. that, is that kind of the question or? Well, yeah. My, my point is that like, if you have a good online presence, your jokes don't have to be just limited to in person yeah. and in front of the numbers of people that, you know, and, and open mics and stuff like that. If you got a good joke, you get it out there. And if enough people see it, then, you know, that the return, uh, I guess on that effort is multiplied. And so. No, was, I, so I don't, I would say, um, there's a part of me. Okay. Actually, that's a very good question, Tommy. So let me, let me talk this through how I'm thinking about this. This might be a cop, cop out, uh, middle of the road answer. Um, but I'm a middle of the road guy <laughs> in this day and age. I, when I tell people I'm, Hey, I'm, a I'm a center. I'm a cent. When you talk politics, I go, I'm kind of center left. When people hear the word center, they get all angry. Like pick a side, you fucking <laughs> pussy, <laughs> you know, but I, I, um, I'm going to answer this very down the road. Sure. So when we were talking earlier, I, I had said, um, there's a certain nobility with laboring in obscurity. And I don't know why it could be the Irish Catholic background in me that I think I need pain and suffering. And I think the Irish Catholic and the Jew, I think we're very similar in a lot of our um, yeah. guilt, I have suffering. Like if you feel good, you go, I should not feel good right now. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay. I feel bad. We're back in business. Right. So there's a part of me that says there is nobility in being that guy who grinds out a joke for a decade in mm -hmm. small rooms. And I want to be that guy. And I want to have that badge. I really do, Tommy. I sure. want that badge to say that, oh, fucking McCarran. You remember McCarran? Oh, I, I remember he did 15 years at the caravan before any club even said hello to him. Like, mm -hmm. I kind of want that badge. But then there's the other side of me. And this is the, the side of me who's very rational and scientific, who says exactly what you say, which is, well, hold on. There's a median out there that if mm -hmm. I learn how to ride the waves mm -hmm. of social media and 100%, it is a science, Tommy, it, it is, is science. And if you figure out trend, so next time I'm going to record in the cloud. Okay. We're recording again. We're recording again. We're back. Right, we're back. So anyway, in summary, that first scenario you gave, yeah, I have no objection to it. However, I have this rational scientific side that, don't be a dummy. Yeah. If you could ride a wave with what you're thinking and what you're doing and your podcast, mm -hmm. then you should 100% be riding that wave. Otherwise you're leaving money on the table. Yeah. But so I'm going to answer, I want both. And, and I think, 
I think the former will feed into being good on the latter. Meaning I think yeah. if you can be funny yeah. on stage yep. and, 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 and you could be a funny writer, I think that that makes the cyber side. Cause here's what I do know. And I've heard this from multiple, um, not just comedians, but also club, uh, people who work in clubs, mm -hmm. you know, how YouTubers have been selling out comedy clubs over the last five, six years. Yep. Um, a lot of people say that those, those funny YouTubers, mm -hmm. when they get on stage, yeah. train wreck. Yeah. Right. Right. Because they know how to get on camera and be like, doo -doo -doo -doo, and make <laughs> people laugh. But then when they get on stage and they realize the mechanics are a little different yeah. up here. Um, and then they, they struggle. And so what the club owners end up having to do is they have to bring in more local talent to fill time. Mm -hmm. for these YouTubers. So normally your opener would only feel at most 20 minutes, right? Yeah. Maybe 15. Yeah. Now they try to get openers. Can you go between all their openers? Like we got 30 minutes to feel and then 30, 35 minutes for the YouTube star. Yeah. So I think you kind of, if, if stand-up comedy is your thing, I think you do need that first option that you described. Mm -hmm. Sure. But yeah, I'm, you, I'm, getting, I'm, Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, st I, I agree with you uh, for the most part, I'm going to do both. I mean, when, as soon as lockdown is over and we can start producing again, I'll, I'll get with my, um, with this guy, Sarish that I do shows with him. I will see if we can get back going again and over another mic going. Um, I definitely want to do shows, but, um, but what I've learned through this pandemic is you can have a portfolio of comedy and you can kind of like invest in all of them. Yeah. And um, they do help each other. And sometimes one thing can blow up. I mean, Joe Begley is a, um, and I, I don't mean to keep coming back to him, but he's a really good example. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great comedian, but, you know, he's achieved this success on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And uh, it's going to start to, I'm sure it's going to start to feed his stand up too, because yeah. he'll start, people start recognizing him. And it's, a, it's kind of a credit. And, uh, so that's a good model to follow, you know, that got to do a lot of, a lot of different things. I, I haven't been in touch with him. I, I watched some of his Instagram stuff, but it seems like he went, did he go back East or something? I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I haven't, I asked him to come on the talk show one time and I think he said he was, uh, yeah, he was moving around or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's Instagram. He's all over the place. And I think he's going to places that allow live comedy. Yeah, that would be. Um, because I think he's obviously still working on his um, stand-up, but uh, I, I don't think anyone anywhere in America now is allowing stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good opportunity. Again, it's an opportunity, you know, the next few weeks or months or something, that's probably going to, it's just going to keep accelerating the Zoom stuff. So it's a good time to acquire followers, you know, if you want to there's a better, there, there's never a better time to start building your, um, you know, your follower base so that yeah. for your future stuff. So how do you think it's going to look when it comes back? Comedy? I don't, you know, I really don't know. Um, I know for me, I'll be real rusty when I get up oh, on yeah. stage. I think but, I'm going to uh, get scared. I think I'm going to be scared. Like the first time I did yeah. comedy. Yeah, I I, it's just so different getting in front of people. Yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, kind of, you know, anyway, for me, I don't want to speak for him, but there's like this, uh, awkwardness and this uncertainty when you get in front of people that, um, 
<laughs> I haven't exercised that muscle. Yeah. You know, coping with whatever that feeling is. I haven't, cause I'm so relaxed on zoom and I don't, I'm, I'm literally, I'm just sitting in my garage right now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and so to get, you know, I, I think here's, this is a logistics thing. Yeah. If I'm running a, a comedy club, I'm looking for a, a new, I'm looking for a place that has an op- a patio. Yeah. Because this, if this happens again and it will yeah. happen again, I mean, we're very, sure. we just travel fast now. This was a lesson. Hey, wake up humanity. It can take, it can be one bug and then boom, you shut down every, but open air, you know, there's some, you can kind of defend that and keep that open longer. Cause say, well, wait, people spaced out this and that. So if I'm running a comedy club right now, I'm shopping for any location that has a pa- a large yeah. patio, right? I think we'll see. I think you're right. I think we're going to see more outdoor shows. I think also probably we're going to see more clubs offering video production service oh, right. you know, and more com- comedians bringing more cameras and stuff like that, because I think they'll, we'll, they'll everyone's going to come out of this with more online experience so we're probably all going to be like oh well i need to record this stand-up now yeah um in the past people would just do the audio only yeah Um, i think you know so we're probably going to see a lot more of that as well um but yeah it's going to come back i'm not worried about that now do you think that this break will shake off aspiring comics meaning do you think there were people who went into the pandemic and they really want to do stand-up but they never Mm -hmm. Um, they never adopted zoom. And then when in-person comedy comes back, they're just kind of like, ah, that phase of my life is done. Or do you think it's going to be where everyone wants to come back and do comedy? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it's what I'm noticing on the zoom mics is a lot of brand new people are coming on and you know, they're, they think that this is, they think zoom is, but it's not, but they have always had this interest in it. And so I think it's possible that the Zoom comedy movement might actually have increased our numbers so that when we come back, we'll find a whole bunch of new people, um, a pent up sort of supply, possibly. Yeah. Um, so that's a good thing. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, citing the woman from South Dakota, <laughs> that I think that this is actually... Uh, like you said, you use the word egalitarian. I like that word. I think it's really opened things up where the intimidation factor isn't there. But I, I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to have, because I, I think Zoom does have a lot of those people who just said, oh, I'm a stand-up comic now because I'm yeah. doing, and I kind of want to see those people. There's this uh, obviously <laughs> wicked side of me, right? Yeah, you want to so, see those new Oh, people. I want to see them, Tommy. Oh, yeah. All right. You've done good on Zoom. Pat, pat on the head. Now, yeah. now go up, get up there and tell your jokes and see how it works. <laughs> I, I think that's probably going to. That's always been there. I think always, especially the more experienced comics, they love it oh, when yeah. less experienced comics fail. And it is they don't. Maybe they don't say it, but sort of in secretly inside, they're like, "Oh no, Munoz says it." Yeah. Munoz, this is oh. Munoz saying, but this is how I feel too. He goes. Man, I, I hate watch. I would never want to per, watch a person die in real life, but I love watching comics die. <laughs> and I, I agree with him. But the 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 I don't like watching gr- like really green green. Like I, I feel 
empathetic to people who go up for their, you know, first, second, first third, time. Fifth, tenth time, yeah. and they're still they don't know what to do and how to deliver a, a joke or anything. Like I yeah. feel empathetic to you, but when it's my peers, like when I go up and I see Tommy Feldman <laughs> struggle, I go, oh, Tommy's struggling. <laughs> Let's see how he handles it. Well, you know, and also we know that we we all know at least you know at this point we have you know we've been doing it long enough. We have we can, we can take it, you know, we could take we, a bomb or two or three or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, and we all know there's thousands of bombs left in our life. So, because we've made the commitment and we're just going to keep doing it. So it, it's all fine. And it's all in good fun. The, uh, you know, there's one thing I wanted to bring up with you the other night, we had this exchange, you and me on, um, Joe's cool mic, where I did a joke about how some comedians have both high and low self-esteem at the same dude, time. Great premise. <laughs> and you were like, you're like, oh, you're on to something there. And Great so premise. can I just elaborate a little bit on that? And then you yeah. can elaborate on your, uh, yourself. Yeah. Well, so it still amazes me to this day how uh, you're some of your, especially San Francisco, they're the worst. Yeah. Your, your experienced San Francisco comedians. And when I say experienced, I don't mean, I'm just saying like a year, two years, three years or whatever, or more. Yeah. It amazes me how dismissive they can be towards newer comedians and to people and to any comedians in general and how they, um, I don't know where it, it's just very bizarre because, you know, you, they get on stage, they talk about how they're still living with their mom, yeah. how they, um, you know, they work at Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, to, to make ends meet and how they're uh, also clinically depressed. And then they get off stage and you say, that was great. Can we, you know, can you tell me more about this yeah. and that? And you try to, you know, get some sort of mentorship from them. And they say, get out of here. You know, I don't want to, you know, like, yeah, yeah. get out of here, old man. <laughs> you know, like they're so dismissive. Well, uh, I, I don't understand that at all. So, so basically you're talking about the, you're talking about the celebrity snub, right? Like they think they're yeah. celebrities, so they snub you. So I'll tell you this. There's been a couple guys. I don't know. If not even celebrity. I mean, just not, not even, I mean, I'm just, I'm just even middle, middling. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. No, I, under, I understand perfectly. When I, when I say celebrity snub, they believe themselves to be so right, right. untouchable. Right. They yeah. believe themselves so established and whatever yeah, yeah. that, um, that, uh, that you being the entry level and I have no problem saying entry level, look, yeah, right, I'm right. 45. And if <laughs> I start something new, I, I am a young Padawan. Right? right. And I have no problem being an apprentice. Again, that's part of my DNA. I like slugging it out in the mud learning a, tr a craft or a trade. So that's in my DNA and I don't mind it. And I, and I hope if nothing else, people in my life, my friends, my family, my acquaintances, remember me as a humble, approachable guy. I hope that's the legacy I live. Like what anything else can be like, hopefully people remember me. He's like, he was fucking approachable and we liked chatting with him. Right. Um, so I, my mind would never work like that. So this is what I'll tell you. So here in the South Bay, for the most part, I have never felt that from any of the established guys down to the guys that started at the same time as me. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say guys, I mean guys and gals. Like 100% with this podcast, I was kind of just 
I was only into comedy, I think, I want to say eight months when I started podcasting with them. Yeah. In the South Bay, and even um, other comics in the Bay Area, um, everyone, almost everyone has said yes. Yeah. But, but here's what I'll tell you. I have been snubbed by comics before, both um, asking about a podcast mm-hmm. and then when I tried to be social, like, I don't even, I wouldn't, yeah. I don't even, I understand what the meaning you make, but I would never even ask for pointers or ask for any from, from someone, but just, right. I, I don't want to, I want to talk to you and just say, Hey, whatever, make a friend. Cause that's how, that's another thing. I'm, I'm wired to be cordial and polite. Maybe it's the generation we're from, but um, you know, like engaging people is kind of, that's in my makeup also to like, I, if you're in a room, let's fucking talk. Yeah. Yeah. And comedy, but, you know, I mean, comedy is still a business. Well, you, okay. So let's, let's put a bow. Let's put, let me give you my opinion on what you, what you yeah. experienced there and I'll, and then what you just brought up is a great topic to talk about too. Um, the business side, but so I have been snubbed, um, by a few people and, and I, I'm not going to, one of these snubs, I'm going to tell you off camera because it's so thick, this individual, um, the, the way they behaved towards me. Um, and then, so I don't, so to answer your question, I don't hang out in the San Francisco scene enough mm. to understand the psychology of it. Yeah. I understand. I have a, I I'm confident in saying I have a pretty good understanding of the psychology of the South Bay. Mm-hmm. And I think the East Bay, I have a little bit of a vibe for the psychology there. I think because San Francisco is the Bay Area's comedy market, if you will. Right. right? right. So that is the exchange of where good comics in San Francisco can then go to New York or LA mm-hmm. and maybe establish themselves. So I think the mindset there might be like very protective of their mm-hmm. ego. Yeah. A very guarded. I think that there's an image consciousness that if they see, Oh, I don't want to be seen talking to a new guy because then I'm going to be confused with a new guy. I think it's probably a guarded ego type mentality. Right. Right. And I also am willing to bet there's an age group that has done that to you. Yeah. I hate, I hate the way the media drives as a part by using things like age groups or religions, right, color right. of our skin. Oh, no, no, I, I, I hate it, I'm talking. but, I'm, I'm but yeah. there is an age group that rhymes with in a millennial. <laughs> True. But they are very, very full of themselves. Very. And they don't really know how to interact with yeah. people outside of their woke group. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm referring to. You know? Yeah. And so, I, you know, my, my take on that is everyone's got to grow up eventually and they will grow up. And so I would just be like, ah, whatever. And that's how I took the couple of times that I had those weird interactions with my fellow comics. And I still call my fellow comics and I still want to see them succeed. And, and I hope they, I hope they go far and I don't care. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't hurt me. Um, but, but you know, the part the part that I expanded on mm-hmm. is I hate the social media boasts. Yeah. And this happens even with, Oh, oh yeah. Wait, I'm cool right, with wait. Like, please don't give me a play by play about how well yeah. that was the other day. Like <laughs> this is so, it's so icky to me, but again, I'm a different yeah. generation. Like yeah. 
I think a lot of this social media boasting and, and even like the social media, um, the people do the, uh, inspirational statements yeah. constantly. And I'm like, come on, I don't, what? you know, and I, the other thing that really, uh, I don't know what to make of it, but, and I wanted to mention this to you. And I think we talked about this also last time is what I, what I love, I don't not love. It's sort of like what I really don't understand is the whole, like, here's my schedule. You know, like here I am performing at this, this, here are my dates, you know, like I'm a professional already, but I'm, you know, there's a fake it to you, make it is okay. Yeah. yeah. Not, not knocking that. But um, I don't know. I just feel like uh, some of it is a bit, you know, this, it it's okay to put your dates and say, come see me, catch your boy and such, you know, these, these dates or whatever. But they're not, none of these, some of these aren't even paying, you know, and, and it's, I, I don't know. I, it's not, it's not wrong, but I just feel like sometimes the fake it to you make it with in, making these flyers included. Yeah. Can get to their heads and they think, oh, look at me. I'm a working comedian. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm booked at this show and I'm booked at this show and I'm booked at this show and I'm getting booked. I'm booked. I'm being booked. So book me, please. You know, it's yeah. like. But I see that and I, I say to myself, well, um, it, you know, uh, what are these real shows? I mean, you know, are these their friends? Um, uh, I'm not trying to knock it, but at the same time, I do think like you should wait a little bit until, you know, there are some, you know, proper shows or like, you know, you've got otherwise it does come up come across as being a little bit like you know you think you're you know you're a bit ahead of yourself yeah i don't know what do you think you think it's well the calendar the calendar i just look at like they're promoting their dates i don't that one i that one i never really thought too much about i just don't the one thing that would i would just laugh and i go i have so many things i could say and pete i don't know if pete reads some of these posts but he's the type of guy who he would have in real life, he would have the perfect comeback, but I don't think he posts up. I think he's kind of polite, but I'm talking about the guys who go on guys and ga- and gals who go yeah. on and then they reference a show that they were on that they killed. Yeah. And I'll be like, wait a minute. I was there. Number one, that was an open mic. Let's, just, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah. And when you say you killed, there might've been two people laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so can you please reserve the word killed? Let's not water down. Let's right. not water down the word killed. And also, let's not water down the word bombed because Pete Munoz, he, he told me on, on one of my podcasts, he goes, there is no bombing at an open mic and there is no killing at an open mic. An open <laughs> right. mic, you're there to take your reps, work on your material, yeah. and fucking buckle your seatbelts and get through it. And yeah. so get that out of your head and then you know you're just doing your work at an open mic. And, and again- yeah. I, I think it could be that I'm generational. It could be, it could be a generational thing. It could be a, um, yeah. it could be a, um, because of, like I said, the, the kind of the Irish Catholic makeup, but yeah. the, the boasting is not, it's not palatable for me. Um, I like humble people and I like hardworking people. I mean, th- this is really the bottom line. I mean, and let's, let's segue into the business aspect of it, okay. but th- this is the bottom line. Okay. Doesn't matter what level senior seniority are, you are, but if you're not a com- working comedian, in other words, you you live off of co- comedy, like you you know the, the the income that you make from comedy is paying your rent, paying your utilities, paying everything, and you have a comfortable life. Everyone else, we're just amateurs, 
you know, and we're all the same. We're all, you know, we're all even Steven. And so to, to, to kind of have airs like, well, I, you know, I've got more shows than you and I've got, you know, and I'm, I'm doing, doing it longer than you. I mean, until you break through and become a working comedian, we're all a- amateurs. And so we all should kind of just respect each other and, and have a bit of, um, like you said, humility, but also we should help each other, you know, until we get to that level. If, if, and if you don't, if, you know, if, if becoming a full-time professional comedian is not your aspiration, like for me, I don't think that's in the cards on, and thus maybe, you know, as a second act when I, when I retire or something yeah. for me, I'd, I focus then instead on creating opportunities. Yeah. You know? So that, that's my, that's how I look at it. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not going to take away time from you. I'll, I'm going to give you some time, yep. but that's how I look at it. Yeah. I think that's a great attitude. And, and I, yeah, we're, we're in the same boat because I got kids. I got to get them through college. I, I have, I probably have, um, at minimum, I need to keep doing what I'm doing professionally for, you know, 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And, and another thing about comedy as a business, uh, I will just add one thing. And that is, it is not even a high paying profession. Like even if you can get, even if you can get to the level of paying for yourself, like there's single, you know, if you're a single guy in living off of comedy, but to pay for a whole family to put kids. Through yeah, comedy, I can't do that. Yeah. Point zero 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 one percent of comedians are at that level. Yeah, correct. So, correct. Yeah, and that's why. So that's why when you said business, it's interesting. So I look at um, you know, the word show business. Yeah. So for the next ten years of my life, like I said, ten to fifteen years, I need to be earning a a solid paycheck with health insurance, this, that, and the other. Yeah. All I care about is the show. Yeah. Right. And what that means is I want to write, I want to be writing jokes every day. I want to be meeting people who like comedy. Also, I want to be going to rooms. I want to be doing, I want to learn about the show. How do I put on a show? Yeah. And then if at some point in my future, when I'm confident in that I can put on a show yeah, and people are entertained by what I'm doing, mm-hmm. maybe I'll think about the business half of that show. Yeah. But right now I'm not thinking business at all. That's why I asked you about the numbers. Cause like, Early on, I think I'm, I may have cared about my podcast numbers and it's that, but now I kind of like, ah, I'm having fun talking with people. I'm just going to keep doing it. Hopefully here's my hope. And yeah. you hit the nail on the head. You want to give people time. Hopefully what I'm doing with this podcast is I'm pollinating ideas and relationships with people. Yeah. And, and, and what that means is that this podcast in and of itself is not going to deliver any kind of revenue or even bottom line to um, end up comedy. But what it does do is it's building me a foundation of people who I've been able to talk through some interesting subjects with and um, the, the wider world can get to know them. Right. So like, what if, let's okay joe begley i've podcasted with him a few times let's take someone else like coral best i'm a big fan of coral best she's one of the one of the funniest people that i have had the pleasure to get to know in my life and um for some reason i firmly believe she's gonna pop one of these days but guess what now audiences who will love coral best can go back and listen to a podcast from okay now you're thinking okay now you're thinking like a business a social media savvy business person because 
like I said before, if you, as long as you keep doing the, your podcast on a, you have a consistent product, it's yeah. out every week, it's archived, it's, it's indexable, searchable, all that stuff. And you tag, do all the things properly, organically, you will have more subscribers over time. People will find you. And I kind of think that's how um, WTF and all these other, uh, was it um, uh, Joe Rogan and stuff like that, yeah. you know, it's consistency. It's yeah doing the same thing and then letting people find you. And that will work. It may take you a few years, but you will get there. Yeah. And I'm in no rush because, you know, uh, knock on wood. I, I, I have a, I have a good life, man. Yeah. I, you do. And you shouldn't be in a rush, you know, and, but have fun, have fun with that. That's what I'm doing. I kind of, I mean, and, and honestly, you know, what my talk show is, is people, someone the other day tried to joke about it. He's like, is this a podcast? Well, that's kind of what I'm doing too, except I'm, except I'm calling it something else. I've got three people on at once and we, it's more a different format, but um, it's the same idea. It's consistent and you get to meet people and, um, and people get to know who you are. I'll tell you one other funny thing. Well, uh, offline, you're going to tell me about one, your one rejection uh, where someone asked you, you asked to be on the, on the podcast. I said, I've had people reject uh, being on my show. Yeah. And um, they're very polite. They'll just say, you know, no, thank you. Not at this time. Yeah. But again, going back to that self-esteem, high, high, low, high and low self-esteem at the same time, they're not doing anything. <laughs> you know, they got nothing to do. And yet I'm still, you know, my humble talk show is still not. Yeah. Worthy. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I've so actually. Um, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of no's too. I get, maybe I should paint. I have had a lot of people say no, but, um, the majority of people are very like cool about it. Like, Oh, I can't. Right. Oh, they're polite. Yeah. It's really polite. But yeah, there was only one time where I go, God damn. <laughs> like, all right, dude. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And I think this is where Okay. You've you you but let me just interrupt. You have you've had Mark Norman and Joe Begley now, so I those have, are and also Frank Castillo. Frank Castillo's national touring. Uh, yeah, so you had right. So you you know you got you got your uh, your bona fides. Yeah, and and you know again, it's more about consistency because the way these algorithms are working, um, even though I'm more covering the Bay area scene. And even within that specifically the South Bay scene, mm-hmm. um, because I'm labeled as a comedy podcast and I'm doing it so consistently, all of these um, providers, it's like, here's another thing. And let's be honest about comics here. Um, and I'm throwing myself in, in as this, uh, same thing. Like yeah. a lot of people in who have, I guess the, the ability and also the interest in stand-up comedy also have another character trait of being a little bit flighty. <laughs> and so there's a lot of good podcasts that you'll only get maybe once a month, once yeah. every month. And I'm like, guys, do it every week. Yeah. That's because once a month, it's like you they'll be like, oh, maybe a few people tuned in, but then all the algorithms say, well, this isn't a legitimate podcast. And then you just drop, yeah. drop. But if you're doing it weekly, whether whether yeah. you're having all-stars or not, you're still ranked higher. You're like, hey, this comic yeah. podcast has been coming out now for a year and a half straight every week, sometimes twice a week. Like you maintain your yeah. 
whatever it is. Um, but you know what? The other point on top of you got to be the performer, you got to have the show, you got to have the business. I think we also might be what we're bouncing around here is the politics of a social group. Mm. And you see it in corporate America and yeah. you see it in schools. And so a lot of this might not even be show, but it, there, there's just like affiliations, mm. attitudes. Yeah. And it's just that human nature to be like, yeah. Well, I'm going to hang around these clicky. People. Yeah. Show. I've noticed that's, that's very, especially in, uh, well, just all shows are clicky. I mean, you know, you, you, unless you know the booker and you, you um, have a, a cultivated a relationship um, it's you, you know, you're not going to get booked on those shows. You, you know, if you want to get booked, you kind of just have to, you either you need to ask or yeah. do your own show. Really? That's, yeah. that's the way, but yeah, Comedy can be very, very clicky and, you know, <clears throat> unfortunately, but. Yeah, it is what it is. You know what? It allows you to write jokes. I think that premise that you're working on, man. It, <laughs> yeah. But that's why I had to comment on it because I said, oh shit. Because that feeling you had about the, um, oh, look at me. I'm a schmuck. And then the audience is laughing. I'm this and I'm that. And then they get off and they're like, they're getting on their social media like, ah. <laughs> I'm you the bomb. <laughs> it's like it's and inconsistent. It's a duplicitous thing. I'll I'll say this also. Another thing I've encountered, and I've encountered this both in uh, comedy and in my business life. Yeah, you you have. I don't know what it is, but you have these people who you meet, yeah. and you meet them once or twice, and you know that they know your name, and you know their name, and you've met. Yeah, but for some crazy reason, you know, you um, you see them again at another venue, and they pretend like they've never never met you. Oh, uh, you gotten that too? Um, I get that. I don't know. And it you do? It, yeah, it I don't amazes know. me. I, I may have gotten that before, not in comedy, um, and not so much in work, but I, I may have gotten that before. Um, yeah, in other areas, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, it could be the person is just is shy or, you know, or, or just oh. an introvert and whatnot. But it amazes me how uh, sometimes people, you know, it, they, they forgot they, they they act like it's the first time. And it's yeah. um, so where it comes from, you know, actually. So you, you said shy and that's that's an interesting point to consider, too, because I think when you get these different attitudes towards you. There might actually be because stand up comics, we're a weird bunch, man. Yeah. We're a weird bunch. And it might be that genuinely people are awkward around people. Yeah. And, but that's, when they get true. on stage, bing, something happens, a switch turns, and then they have this alternate ego come out. But then yeah. when they get back off stage, it's like they might be a shy, awkward person. Cause I actually, I think Coral Best, me and Coral Best have had this conversation because, um, when I'm around people, I'm very much an extrovert. Mm. I want to be like, hey, what's going on, Tommy? Right, right. And, you know, like we met each yeah. other. We hit it off at Rooster Tees the first time we met. And it was like, boom. And um, and normally that's kind of how I am in a room yeah. of people. But guess what? If I had to describe myself, 100%, I am an introvert. Yeah, I, I see. I, I am like, and it drives my wife crazy, right? Because- 
Like she knows yeah. I go out and I, I have, I socialize and she also knows now I have this comedy thing. But when it comes to my true personality, like I could go lock myself in my room with my guitar and mm-hmm. just play for yeah. hours and she'd be like, you didn't even, you didn't even talk to me the whole day. And oh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> because I'm introverted yeah. by nature, but something just happens when I'm amongst people. And again, I think this is more, it's a generational thing. Cause as seventies and eighties kids, we were always yeah. out running around. Yeah. And, and so most people from that, if, if you're anywhere from the age of, I, th- I want to say 39 or 40 is the cutoff mm-hmm. from 39 and 40 up and until boomers. Like we we're, we're from an age where right. um, we kind of needed to go out and hang out with people. Yeah. Um, you, 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 but I think even if you are, but like you said, you're normally introverted, but when you get to the club, mm-hmm. you become extroverted because you know, you, it's important to network with your peers and yeah. you, you know, we're a community. And so when I go to a club or when I go to an, an open mic or whatever, I'm just like, I just think I put my, my networking hat on my business networking hat on, and I try to meet every single comic there. Hey, I'm Tommy. What, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? Da, da, you know, at least exchange those things. And if I see them again, I'm like, Hey, Hey, how's it going? You know, what was your name again? Or if I, if I forgot or, and that's important. Comedy is still a, a relationship uh, business. So what I was referring to is sometimes, you know, like I'll go to a club and I'll know everyone there, yeah. but then for some reason, some people pretend yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we've never met, but, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's still a relationship. Business. Yeah, totally. So Tommy, let's do this. Let's wrap this up. Um, so people, uh, the the the, if you're interested in seeing um, the hottest, not just even the Bay Area comics, because you have people on from the East yes. Coast on your um, talk show. So yep. it's the Tommy Feldman Talk Show Happy Hour. Tommy uh, Feldman. Sorry, happy. sorry, sorry. The Tommy Feldman Happy Hour. You have a Facebook page. So if they go on the internet, they can just type the Tommy Feldman happy hour mm-hmm. and they'll be able to be directed to the Facebook page. Click like on the Facebook page. And then whenever you broadcast at 5 p.m. Yeah. Pacific, yep. it will come up in their feed, right? right? Exactly. Okay, great. So check it out. I've been on his show. Great guy. Awesome dude. Um, and yeah, any anything else you want to promote? Um, no, not really. I just want everybody to, you know, stay safe. And, um, I sometimes I, I feel like I'm the only one that, you know, uh, sometimes where, you know, I feel like kind of isolated and, you know, I, I, I know there's, we won't all want to get out and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, stay safe everyone and follow the, follow the stay at home directive as best you can. Which is what there I we say. go. Public service announcement. Public service announcement. Public service announcement. People, there's no rush. See, this is what, this is what, last, last thing, this is what the pandemic is teaching us in America. Um, actually, I'm not going to say this. I'm not, because this is my perspective. And you know what? It's it's probably not sensitive to everyone who's affected in, in certain ways. But let's just stay safe, everyone. Put a mask on and enjoy life. <laughs> All right. Peace. Hey. You-